Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Stop it. You're going to make me throw up on the cake. Hello and welcome to Little Marty, the only podcast that I'm aware of dedicated to covering the works of Adam Sandler and Martin Scorsese. My name is Eric Halloween. And my name is Jeremy the Butcher. Oh yeah. Jeremy, welcome to... 2022, this episode yes. comes out in 2022. Even though we were recording this episode in 2005. <laughs> yeah, we're recording it New Year's Eve Eve of 2005 for oh, yeah. a later release date. Well, we, yeah, people don't realize that, that everything they've heard is something we've banked uh, over 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, we got some real advanced copies of some things. Yeah, So uh, right. Um, let's just say we saw Phantom Thread before Paul Thomas Anderson even made it. Yeah, let's just say we saw Phantom Thread back when he was still in his early 20s. <laughs> you uh, know, speaking of which, Jeremy, before before we get too deep into it, I want to I wanna propose that we take a little detour okay. uh, for the next couple episodes here on the main feed. Uh, it, li- new listeners uh, will not know this. But if you go back in the archives, we used to be a little podcast mm. called Wes versus Paul versus Paul versus Predator. Yes. An incredibly catchy and Googleable <laughs> Googleable name. The SEO was <laughs> unreal. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh we, we covered the works of uh Paul Thomas Anderson, Paul W. S. Anderson, and another guy who I will not name on the podcast. Uh you, but his last <laughs> name was Anderson. Is it Wes? <laughs> Wait, did I already say Paul W.S. Anderson? Oh, damn it. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, I got that wrong. You said the loud part quiet and the quiet part loud. Right, right, right. Well, my point is, Jeremy, I'm going to watch Licorice Pizza this weekend. I'm going to watch, what's it called? Uh, The French Dispatch. Whoa! And uh, I think we we owe it to the fans to to do an episode on on each. Yes. What do you think of that? I I think for the next three weeks, we're going to be covering... Uh, French Dispatch, the Licorice Pizza, and Matrix Resurrections. All three movies. I'm not. I'm not opposed to covering (laughs) Matrix Resurrections. If I'm, I'm kind of afraid to uh, cover the Matrix movies because I, I think I've seen the first one once or twice. Oh, that probably twice. Hmm. But I, uh, I like. I feel like it's a, it's a series that people know a lot about. Like people get really into it. And I just feel like a, a straight up noob with two zeros. Well, you know, Eric, I'm a bit of a um, expert on the subject of the Matrix. I've been to the Matrix actually a handful of times. Uh, they jacked uh-huh. me in, and I was doing kung fu and stuff in the Matrix. Uh, so I feel like I I could walk you through it. Maybe we do a little bit of a lame man and super fan. Um, matrix coverage i am halfway through matrix resurrections right now and i would have finished it had my girlfriend not fell asleep (laughs) but uh i am definitely enjoying it i love the matrix eric i love that first movie a whole lot i've seen it a million times don't love the second or third movies but happy to revisit for the podcast but i gotta say it's really fun that there's a new matrix movie out and uh directed by the the same uh, people the the uh, Wachowski sisters so great stuff oh, yeah. all or around wasn't it just the one was isn't it just one Wachowski oh that might be right <laughs> yeah. that might that might be right um yeah again and you're we, supposed to be the matrix fan of the two of us well let's just say i've never seen the films and i've actually never been to the matrix and that uh i'm kind of never uh yeah i guess it is just lana wachowski instead of uh lana and laura i i uh i will say this we were talking about this off my uh, mic about the movie don't look up and how people seem to be 
uh, aligning themselves against the film. They don't like this movie, Eric. And I feel like Matrix Resurrections from the online discourse is pretty split. You know, we got people, of course, like Michael Chow, the great Michael Chow, friend of the show. Uh, oh, yeah. D- d- big fan. And out there doing the Lord's work, just taking down the, the bad takes of people who don't like the Matrix Resurrections. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, Godspeed out there, Michael. You always have the best film takes, I, th- I feel like. He really does. Yeah, they're, really they're does. always very positive. And, uh, and yeah, usually if he's, if he's doesn't like something, it's, it's very reasonable and, and also very funny. Um, yeah, but anyways, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it's a possibility. We'll throw it in there with the, uh, Coen brothers movies and, and, uh, whatever other, um, filmographies we've talked about in the past. Although Eric, we'd once covered a Wachowski film, the, um, what was that? The one with uh, Bound. Bound, yeah. So maybe, who knows? Maybe there's a Wachowski series in our future. Oh yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Anything that we can do wordplay with, I'm cool. I'm I'm cool with. Yeah. It basically, if it's a good title, and and listeners, this is for you too. If you ever want us to cover something, it might help if you throw us a good title. That'll, yeah. That'll usually win out against uh, anything else. <laughs> So, Jeremy, we're doing, uh, so the plan, I guess, was, is we're going to be doing 50 episodes, right? Mm. On 50 first dates? Yes, right. Well, and we then, start that now. <laughs> yes. And in between each episode, we're going to uh, hit our heads against a piano mm-hmm. uh, as many times as it takes to forget the previous day's events, and then we're going to watch 50 first dates again. Mm. The following day, do yeah. the same thing with the head to the piano. Right. And, uh, yeah. Imagine so it's this like is... Monkey Bone November Ven- with a lot more violence. Yeah. And the people who the violence is being done to is us. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. We would never harm another soul. The only soul we dare to harm is our own. Eric, we got to plug the Patreon, though, before we jump into 51st Dates. Um, yeah, I guess you're right. I want to just say about this Patreon, it is an absolute treat, a joy, a pleasure to get to do with you. Patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. We cover a bunch of bonus material, bonus content. I like to call it the supplemental materials and, uh, for all those criterion heads out there. Uh, we recently went through the month of December covering Christmas flicks. Uh, no real theme other than Christmas. We had a couple of Christmas horror movies. We covered uh, Silent Night. We also covered uh, the Dolly Parton Christmas special, which was <laughs> which was a, a made-for-TV movie starring Dolly Parton. I believe also par- partially written by Dolly Parton. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's a good time over there on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy, um, where, where we uh, uh, really go whole hog. Right now, you're getting a half hog version of us. But on that Patreon, boy, we go whole hog. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm certainly half a hog right now. Yeah, I'm in half that's, hog. That's for sure. uh, so, Jeremy, we're talking 50 first dates. We've been, uh, what was the Sandler? I feel like I always ask this. What was the Sandler movie we just did before this? Oh, it was, was um, it? Yeah, oh. it was Anger Management. Yes, anger management. So I think at this point, so this is the year two thousand four. So I believe I was like, yeah, you're you're a, a freshman in high old. school or something. <laughs> well, not that far off actually, but I was I was a freshman in high. I was a ten year old freshman in high school getting shoved into lockers, mm-hmm. uh, getting my underwear pulled up above my head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In such a way that uh, people would laugh at me, and I would have to go to the school nurse, who would also laugh at me. Uh, anyway, Fifty First Dates uh, is, is a movie. My 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 mind is not all there tonight. I, I hope it's not too obvious, but I'm. Uh, no, it's, it's it's all good. Very tired. Uh, so. Fifty First Dates is a movie that I remember seeing in theaters, and I think uh, Anger Management. I had seen, and I, I, I think, honestly, like, the sort of the decline for me 
of being like an Adam Sandler super fan probably started with Mr. Deeds. And mm-hmm. I liked Mr. Deeds a lot, but it kind of was just like a very slow, uh, I don't know, progression to me sort of losing interest in, mm-hmm. in Sandler's work. And Fifty First Dates was one where I remember I was like, I don't know how many more of these. Like, I'll keep seeing them, but I don't know if I'm really, like, loving what Sandler's putting yeah. out. Like, I'll watch it, but I ain't going to like it. Yeah. And then I think Spanglish was the final straw where I was like, I'm yeah. going to take a break for a while. Which, uh, tell, tell me if you agree with this, but Spanglish almost feels like not his movie, right? How do you mean? Like, 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 it doesn't feel like a Happy Madison joint. Oh, no, not at all. Right. It feels more like he's either the star or co-star in somebody else's movie, which is always a different Sandler vibe. Directed by James L. Brooks. Oh, great. Yeah, that's definitely... He's a co-creator of The Simpsons. Um, yeah, I, I've never seen Spanglish. I'm excited to watch it, actually. I, I've never I've never seen it before, but... Um, Got but, some good guests on that episode, my oh, friend. Oh, great. Perfect. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with you, Eric. I I feel the same way. Um, I feel like Mr. Deeds was... We're entering into a new era of Adam Sandler. He's not quite the 20-something guy anymore. He's now the 30-something guy. And uh, his movies are kind of reflecting a little bit more of a maturity, but not always funny. And some of these 2000s ones... They end up in a lot of really tricky uh, subject material and and like hot, almost like kind of dicey choices. And I think that's emblematic of the time period. But like I find like some of these two thousands ones to have parts that are like way more problematic than the nineties ones. Somehow I don't know how that happened, but like like we ran into that problem with anger management, right? Where there was that whole sequence with John C. Riley that's just like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in this one, I think the whole concept of it is tricky. And I, I do think they pull it off okay. And it, it ends up being like less feeling icky than it could. But it's still like they're they're having to do a lot of work to make this feel not weird <laughs> or or palatable. But I will say that I do like anger management and I do like fifty first dates. I do like these movies and it was a it was actually a thrill to go back and watch them. I don't know if I'm gonna feel that way about all of them moving forward. And I, I think for me, the real dark time comes um, like kind of after this era when he's in his 40s and he's doing like, I don't know, Jack and Jill and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, and uh, just to clarify, I don't think that I was like that I necessarily think 50 First Dates is bad or something mm-hmm. or Spanglish is bad. Right. Um, I just like... I grew up with silly Adam Sandler and that's just like all I knew of him. And that's what that, I mean, that's what he was putting out there for up until, you know, this point, I guess the wedding singer is sort of like a very heartfelt, uh, rom-com kind of a thing. But yeah, I just like, wasn't getting what I, I wasn't getting out of his movies, what I used to get out of them. And it would just kind of, I just kind of like lost interest. I think I feel like I'm, not alone in this not at all uh yeah so barrymore actually uh came upon this script and i guess she wrote a letter to sandler suggesting it be their next film together since the wedding singer uh so sandler joined the cast uh and was announced as co-producer under his film studio happy madison productions along with Steve Golan's anonymous content. Uh, let's see here. Sandler recommended a scoop script supervisor or the script to director Peter Sagal uh, while they were working post production and anger management. So Peter Sagal, I recognize that name, and I wonder mm-hmm. if I recognize that from another Sandler joint that we've already watched. Hmm. It appears he directed. Oh, Tommy Boy. Okay. Oh, and he directed Anger Management. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So, Peter Sagal. Hmm. Sounds like Steven's brother. Or, uh, who's the other Sagal? 
Steven, Steven Sackle. Very good act, actress. Oh, yeah, yeah, lady. yeah. Um, Catherine Sackle? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, the original title was 51st Kisses, mm-hmm. which uh, I got to say, not as catchy. And also weird. I felt like gross saying that. It's yeah. like a weird, icky yeah. title. It's also kind of like not what this movie is. It's not about, you know what I mean? Like it's like they do go on fifty dates. They don't go. They don't. They don't kiss every time. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this is interesting, Jeremy. This is a uh, this is a film where most of it was shot on location in Hon- Honolulu. No kidding. Uh, <laughs> and. You got to wonder if this is the movie that sort of like put the idea in Sandler's mind of like, hey, I'm in like a nice, cool place. I feel like I'm on vacation and I'm making a movie. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, perhaps this got the wheels turning in the, in the head. And this is a common criticism of later Adam Sandler movies is like, oh, he just wants to like get a vacation. He'll like make a movie to just like get a vacation paid for for him and his friends right i i maintain that that rocks i i think that's so cool if you can like manipulate uh like if if if, uh you know studios with tons and tons of money are willing to give you and your friends a bunch of money to go somewhere cool for a while and the only caveat is you have to make make a movie Hell yeah, man. I, I would do that in a heartbeat. Thank you, Eric. You're saying the thing that I've thought for so long, which is, look, everyone always says, Adam Sandler, you all you do is get your buddies together and take a vacation and then you shit out a movie. And I'm over here like, and the next part of that should be, that's incredible. How did you gain the system <laughs> that way <laughs> to where you'll get like a blank check to make whatever stupid thing you want? And take you and freaking uh, Rock and and Norm Macdonald and David Spade to Hawaii. I think also Sandler specifically likes Hawaii because I think he yes. shot on location there before this, and I feel like he he returns to Hawaii several times. Um, I think that like a lot of his, in fact, I think like. Even like the wrong Missy, I think, is a movie that takes place in Hawaii. Like other like Happy Madison joints, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like I think they just like those dudes love Hawaii and end up going there a lot <laughs> if they can. Oh yeah, and we we of course uh, record all of our podcasts in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I fly Aloha. out every uh, every Wednesday. I fly out. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a, a, a twenty two hour flight to Hawaii. Yeah, because you go around from L.A., you go around the globe rather than just like... Mm-hmm. I fly over Europe. Or a trip over the ocean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. Getting into some of the trivia. Uh, among the first films in history to be released on Blu-ray, back in June 20th, 2006, along with The Terminator, 1984, Underworld Evolution, Hitch... House of Flying Daggers and the Fifth Element. Oh, and Triple X. Yeah. This made me kind of sick <laughs> to realize <laughs> Blu-ray has been around that long. Yeah. 06. Hmm. Uh, let's see. In an early scene, a dentist and a woman in the dentist chair are seen talking with each other. The woman playing the dentist is Jackie Sandler, Adam's wife. Yeah. Uh, and the woman in the chair is played by Linda Sagel, Pete Sagel's wife, Ooh, who is a dentist in real life. Man, the dots are connecting. That's weird. Well, it's like it's like the, uh, it's like the uh, uh, what's it called Mandela effect or something. I feel like I just had something. Uh, I won't remember what it is. I just there was I did just have discover a Mandela effect in my life. I can't remember what it was, That's but it was something ass. where I was like Ah, oh, never mind. Uh the neurological condition from which Lucy suffers uh Goldfield syndrome is entirely fictional. Mm. I don't know. I feel like that 
I'm. I, it was convincing to me. I was like, <laughs> oh, I guess this maybe this is a thing that. Because what's the, the, like, genesis of it? Has she gotten, like, a car accident or something, right? Yeah, it's, like, a specific kind of brain damage that obviously doesn't exist. Yeah. But um, it, it, what, what doesn't exist about it, to me, is the whole mechanic of she goes to sleep, and when she wakes up the next day, she doesn't remember things. Like, that, to me, is the part that feels a little like I can't really go there with... Uh, in my in my what is it called my suspension of disbelief because yeah. like why would that matter you know what i mean like i believe 10 second tom kind of more cuz like that that to me is, be, seems like how it would really be like someone who had brain damage couldn't remember couldn't hold on to memories for, or like the guy in memento is similar right where after a while he just forgets stuff um mm. but but her thing is like when she goes to bed it's like what happens if she has like a restless sleepless night you know what i mean or like, what happens if she stays up all night? What if she just doesn't go to bed? Like, does she just keep remembering? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's a strange, it's a kind of a strange scenario. That's a good movie. I want to watch a movie where she like stays up all night. Mm-hmm. See, see what happens. See like how long she can stay up. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, in sort of like Fifty First Dates meets uh, the Machinist. <laughs> the machine. The Machinist. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, inspiration was taken from, uh, Harold Ramis's Groundhog Day. No kidding. Hmm. Uh, let's see. I don't think there's ever been, like, a Groundhog Day style plot that has been done nearly as good as Groundhog Day. Although I will say that, um, I do like that, like, the Happy Death Day premise. Because isn't Happy Death Day like the same? It's just like Groundhog Day, but a horror movie. And it's great, FYI. Yes. Yeah, it's a really good movie. Did we cover that on the podcast? I can't remember. No, but I wouldn't mind doing it. Yeah, both are great. Cover it for Groundhog Day. Even Happy Death Day 2 is really good. Like, like saying it's really good is maybe a stretch. Like, they're fun. They're really fun movies. So apparently, the dead body in the morgue near the beginning of the film was a real corpse. No, it wasn't. And Stop. Happy Madison got sued. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> that is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what if there was just like like how there's a, like you know the the uh, conspiracy theory that you can see someone like hanging themselves in the back of uh, the Wizard of Oz? Yes. Like there's a conspiracy theory about fifty first dates, <laughs> or like, like, yeah, the corpse is real. That is so awesome. Oh man, yeah, I would love it. Uh, so yeah, let's get into the plot of this bad let's boy, and we are that. learning about Henry Roth. He's a veterinarian at Sea Life Park in Oahu. Uh, his closest friends are Ula a marijuana-smoking islander, Alexa, his androgynous assistant, Willie, his pet African penguin, and Jocko, a walrus. Yes. I guess this is how you would introduce this movie. <laughs> <I> <laughs> like Just listing all of his friends. Uh, <laughs> so Henry, well, first thing first, Henry Roth definitely sounds like a bad guy. That Doesn't that name just sound like a supervillain in like a Batman story? Henry yeah, Roth. Yeah. Um I I like the way this movie opens uh with all the stories. It's like a weird way of doing exposition where you're kind of learning about how much of a scumbag Adam Sandler is uh through the stories of all these women who have uh hooked up with him on their trips to Hawaii. Right. Um mm. kind of a fun early on mechanic that gets us into the story and then like him pretending to be a i mean it's like kind of douchebag guy joke humor but i mean just him pretending to be a spy and like it's i don't know it has kind of a fun opening um less fun i would say is uh well ula is okay i like ula all right we get to meet him pretty quickly uh rob schneider is doing a fan kind of like a weird i i kind of even don't get his character fully like he's He's got like several things about him that are strange and maybe they're emblematic of Islanders, but like he wears really, he wears clothes that just don't fit him. 
<laughs> it's like another <laughs> thing about his like shorts that are like way 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 too tight or like belly shirts and stuff like it's kind of a strange thing he's got like one kind of glass eye and he's always getting hurt and and like bit by sharks and stuff um i do not find alexa as a character funny at all I do that is this character does not work for me right away. I don't know. How do you feel about Alexa, Eric? Uh Alexa Alexa is like the Remind a bunch me. of trans humor jokes yeah. revolve around Alexa. Not, oh, I also am tra- I'm also India. triggering my Alexa inside of my apartment, so I have to stop saying that. <laughs> so I'll call I'll call this character A. A I was I, I did not like A. Uh, right away um, at least the use of this person in the film I thought was like shocking to me I'd forgotten about it altogether but then I became obsessed with um, this character and I started looking up like the actress who plays this person and like what else has she done and how did she even get cast is this because mm-hmm. Eric she's just an act she's like an actress she's not even like necessarily a comedian she hasn't done like a ton of comedy, so like <laughs> this is like her one big like comedic role. Um and uh it just kind of baffled me because I thought maybe I'd look her up and she would be oh, she's a, a you know, a player at the um uh you know, gr- groundlings or something. Like she they, they that's how, that's how they found her. They discovered her. Do no, she's in like some shows, some television shows, a, a Wolverine podcast, just like random stuff. But like for some reason, she plays this like super wild character in Fifty First Dates. Who is? Yeah, she also does not look like that in real life. No, that's. I, I mean, I wanted. <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out a good way to say this, but she's kind of a strikingly beautiful woman i so i don't understand the casting choice of her yeah, i don't understand wild i don't understand the character really like the character the joke is that i think she's a foreigner uh and maybe she's a man maybe she's a woman we can't really tell and that's a lot of sandler jokes are that but uh-huh. um this is this character just it, it it went a step further into confounding me where i was like how did like I could I, I would understand if this character was cast by like Julia Sweeney from like SNL who like played Pat or something and mm. they're doing a thing where it's like oh clearly one of Sandler's SNL friends is coming in and doing like a bit character they came up with but this character I'm like I'm like did they did the character come first then they had to cast it and then like that's what they ended up with because it just makes like the production of it just makes no sense. I'm just, I just had a, I really had a weird adventure with, with uh, a, the character of a in this, in this yeah. movie. Uh, luckily, um, this character doesn't show up a whole bunch. So uh, we only get a couple of jokes um, with them. But uh, Eric, do you agree that this character kind of in this movie, along with Ula, there's actually three characters. There's Ula, this character, and then, Sean Astin's uh, character, they all serve as the punching bag in uh, in this film. Usually Sandler has like one character who's a punching bag, right? Someone who like yeah. gets hurt a lot. But in this film, there's like three. Yes. And it's another, what, what's the last movie? What's the last Sandler? I guess maybe Anger Management. I'm trying right. to think of the last one where Sandler's kind of a jerk, <laughs> essentially. Oh, uh, it would be maybe before Mr. Deeds and Anger Management, like where he's maybe like a big daddy. Uh, maybe I thought there was one where he, uh, we had agreed that he was like, oh, too mean or something. Oh yeah. The one, the, the Hanukkah one. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, Yes. Where he like knocks that old guy Eight in a porter potty down a mountain. <laughs> yeah. Not cool. Uh, Henry's boat breaks down, so he goes to Hukalau Cafe to wait for the Coast Guard. Coast Guard. Coast Guard. 
<laughs> he sees Lucy Whitmore uh, make architectural art with her waffles. Uh, Henry assumes she is a local, which prevents uh, him from introducing himself. But the next day, he comes back and his and has breakfast with her. Uh, Lucy asks to see him again the next morning. What do you think of this? Seeing uh, old Adam and Drew back together again. I cannot tell you what a delight it is for me. These two are literally electric. I was shocked. My hair was standing on the its ends, Eric. I, not even kidding. I really do like uh, Adam and Drew. And can I say, I actually think I like them in this a, maybe even a little better than Wedding Singer. Like just, just just them, just them kind of hanging out and doing stuff. Um, I also realize that um this movie came out in 2004 uh this version of drew barrymore might be my like my um all-time favorite drew barrymore era uh for whatever that's worth like 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 uh 90s drew barrymore i'm like okay cool cool but this i realized like oh my gosh i had a big crush on drew barrymore when when this movie came out so Maybe that's like rose-colored glasses. As I look back on this film, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. They're great together. But love Drew in this and Adam. And I think, like, especially that scene where, like, he pretends to shock himself, you know? And he's like, I can't believe you fell for that. And then she's like, starts crying. She's like, my grandfather died this way. And he's <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, I can't believe you fell for that. It's just like, I don't know, great chemistry. Great, um, great situational, I don't know comedy or great situational uh excuses to to watch them really shine yeah i i really like this sort of introduction scene too i think it's really uh cute if i if i if i may use that word uh you know she's building a little waffle house uh and he suggests adding a little door with the toothpick or whatever it's Mm -hmm. great it's it's nice um yeah, yeah, they just, they do. They do have really good, uh, very uh, funny, but also, like, kind of awkward chemistry. That's just very, yeah. uh, it's very endearing. Yeah. It's nice to watch. Uh, the next day, Lucy shows no recollection of ever meeting him. Uh, hey, I've had that happen before. <laughs> uh, the restaurant owner, Sue, explains to Henry that the year before, Lucy and her father, Marlon, went up the North Shore to pick a pineapple for his birthday. On the way back, a car accident left Lucy the anterograde with anterograde amnesia. Uh, to save her the heartbreak of relie- reliving the accident, Marlin and Doug, Lucy's lisping steroid addicted brother, reen- <laughs> reenact Marlin's birthday. Wow. What do you think of Doug? I thought Doug is kind of a funny character. I love Doug, man. I think Sean Astin. <laughs> so this is, of course, um, on the heels of uh, Lord of the Rings coming out, and Sean Astin we oh, always, okay. we we knew from Rudy. Uh, that's funny. But then when Lord of the Rings came out, you know that just becomes like the biggest movie ever made, and <laughs> culture was all about it, and uh, and then you know, imagine seeing like you know. Fellowship of the Ring, and then the next movie you see Sean Astin in is this. I thought it was great. I was like, man, this is so cool. Like the dude's like getting one in, getting like a good comedy in. Um, this isn't all just orcs and elves for this guy, you know? He's actually got some comedic chops. I thought he was very funny in this. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, despite Sue's warning, Henry tries to get Lucy to have breakfast with him again. Uh, it ends poorly when Henry unintentionally hurts Lucy's feelings. Uh, at her house, Marlon and Doug instruct Henry to leave Lucy alone. Henry begins concocting ways to ruin or ru- run into Lucy <laughs> through the following Lucy's days, <laughs> during which he manages to su- successfully impress her over a series of first dates and chance encounters. Man, this sounds like so exhausting. I know. I know. Like, so exhausting. It didn't dawn on me, obviously, when I was, like, in high school watching this film, but now watching it, realizing how hard it is to do one of these things, to pull one of these off with the person that you love, I was like, this is, like, 
making me sick. It's like a full time job trying to figure out like weird, <laughs> different. Yeah. Also, can I also just pause it here that if this was really going to happen, and I was Henry, I would just pick one way. I'd pick the same way and just do that one over and over. I would have the same chance encounter, figure out whatever it was, whatever version of it that works the best and just have that chance encounter every time. You know, um, it's funny though. Cause he like kind of does that in the beginning where he like the second yes. time he goes up to her, he like puts the little door, a uh, little thing on the waffle house and, and she yeah. like freaks out at it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. So maybe that's right. Maybe that's what you would have to resort to after a few days of, of getting no um, no positive response back. But uh, I do think this is this this had my brain turning in like all kinds of weird ways of being like this would be like a really weird like experiment to see like you know uh, of like if you had this control group of somebody does not remember you know the previous day after they wake up you could you could you could like t- test for a lot of weird things about personalities, you know, like, um, you know, just the consistency of people's personality. Like, you know, would they order the same food every day? You know, would they wake up hungry for something different if they forgot that they had the right. same morning or would they just eat the same thing over and over again? You know, would your body tell you, you know what, no more pancakes this morning? <laughs> well, also, like, would you, when you get to a certain age, would you wake up, so you fall asleep, you know, uh, or, you know, you, you, the last thing that you remember before you went to sleep is you as, like, a 30-year-old woman or whatever, right. Right. And then the next morning you wake up and you're like 70 <laughs> and you're just right. like mornings just begin with screaming in the mirror for like <laughs> a long time. And then yeah. accepting the situation that you're that you've somehow aged without knowing it. And they bring that up a, a, a little bit. They don't go into it too far because they, they find Henry is the solution so fast. But yeah, that it is. It's interesting to think about. Like what would happen if you wo- suddenly woke up one morning and you were <laughs> seventy years old? <laughs> I would hate that. <laughs> uh, let's see, Doug. Later, Marlon and Doug give their permission to for Henry to continue when they discover Lucy regularly singing the Beach Boys. Wouldn't it be nice in her painting studio? Uh, the first major change in her routine since the accident. Mm. Cool. Uh, one day. As Henry is about to sit with Lucy at breakfast, she notices a police officer writing a ticket because of her expired plates. With the ruse exposed, Lucy is distressed to learn that her friends and family have maintained the charade for so long. However, in watching her reaction, Henry surmises that her strongest reactions are to feeling betrayed by her loved ones, not the actual memory loss. Yeah, this is a little, uh, you feel bad for her, you know? Absolutely. I actually kind of like this tonal shift into this. Like, yeah. it kind of reminds me of what it feels like to really date someone in general, where it's like all like fun and, and, and funny and quirky. And then suddenly it's like, hey, this is also a real person who's going through something. Like, let's figure this out. Let's look at this. Let's examine this, you know? You know what I like about this movie? It tells you exactly what it is in the title. <laughs> You know what I mean? I don't like know, you, though, you're Eric. like yeah, I, fifty I di- first dates. I disagreed. Was there actually fifty? Did you count? I did not count. Ca- I will say I did not. I was not uh, mm-hmm. keeping a tally. I I, I would I meant, yeah. say that that's cl- probably close to fifty if you include the, the montages and whatnot. If you include the montages, I there's I, also implied dates that we've missed out on. You know what I mean? Brian, I'm gonna task you with this. Go back, <laughs> watch fifty first dates, and keep a tally. Keep a record of how many dates there were. Yes. And once you find out, like say that you find out that there's like only 14 dates or something, mm-hmm. I am going to then use that data to do a, start doing stand-up comedy and using the joke, 50 first dates, more like 14 first dates because that's <laughs> the amount that they actually do in the movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I won't credit Brian. No. 
Uh, Henry devises a new strategy to let Lucy know about the truth by creating a video with her friends to explain the situation calmly. Rather than let her go through her pre-accident routine, they plant the video in her room with a note to play it when she first wakes up. Uh, the strategy works and allows Lucy to process the events while catching her up on current events, including her relationship to Henry. Uh, Henry and Lucy's relationship grows well, goes well, or grows, grows well, well using this method, uh, and they continue to refine the process while enduring some humorous setbacks, <laughs> such as they're sleeping together and Lucy attacking Henry the next morning. Mm. Yeah, so. This is where the film, I think, always had its issue, and it does. I do applaud it for confronting this part of it, but I will say it. It they they don't really get out cleanly from this. And I guess what I mean, Eric, is like, so this is this movie's about consent and about like, can you if you if you lose your memory every morning give actually give consent to sleeping with somebody even if you make that choice before you lose your memory again and it's just a question i don't want to be asking myself when i'm watching a movie you know what i mean yeah especially in adam, in adam <laughs> sandler know. movie i know so I, whether or not they like like and that, i think that's the that's that's the biggest that's the only thing is like yeah i don't want to be thinking in my head like is this shady um yeah, when sandler's saying things to her like hey just so you know we've been kissing for 23 times i'm kind of getting blue balls over here is that a is that ever an appropriate thing to say to a woman <laughs> b is that an appropriate thing to say to a woman who loses her memory and you know her response back even though it is you know smiling and she's you know she's taking it in stride she says you know well for me this is my first time and he's kind of like well, let's split the difference and say it's the 12th date and it's like well no henry it's not the 12th date it's the first one <laughs> like <laughs> you know there's there's just like a lot of that where i'm kind of like at this point in the movie going like "Ooh, i wish i wasn't thinking about this and i wish i was just enjoying rob schneider trying to spy on them like a pervert <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. However, when Lucy discovers that Henry has decided to cancel 10 years worth of planning for his research study of walruses in Bristol Bay to help her manage, uh, to help manage her condition, she decides that they need to break up. Uh, Henry reluctantly helps her story or helps her destroy her journal entries of their relationship and effectively erase their time together. I am always uh, delighted by the choice of professions of Adam Sandler's <laughs> characters. Yes. They're the best. What, what was he, it? What was best. it again in anger management? He would like designed cat like a suit cat for sweaters. overweight yes. cats. Yeah, in a company that didn't look like they also did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some weeks later, Henry is preparing to leave for his research study. Uh, before he goes, Marlon tells him that Lucy is now living at the Institute and teaching an art class. Uh, as a parting gift, he gives Henry a Beach Boys CD, which reminds him of Lucy. Uh, he soon realizes that Lucy's singing of Wouldn't It Be Nice was not random, but occurred on days when they met together and indicates new learned memory retention. Uh, Henry abandons his trip and travels to the art class while Lucy does not remember him. She reveals that she dreams about him every night and has been painting some of their adventures. Uh, they happily reconcile. So, uh, yeah, he goes over there and... Yeah, this know. is cool. Uh, or I like this part of it. And it starts to alleviate some of my concerns about stuff we talked about earlier and it makes me think that and i don't know much about memory retention but it does feel like this there's something maybe truthful in here about like repetition or um you know routine can can even crack can even bury itself into a person who has brain damage like i know even people who uh you know who have like uh dementia or alzheimer's will still gravitate to their 
to their uh, the things that they did habitually, like smoking cigarettes and stuff, you know? So, mm. um, yeah, maybe there's something to that in this fake memory loss disease <laughs> that the movie made up. Uh, sometime later, Lucy wakes up and plays the tape marked Good Morning, Lucy. It again reminds her of her accident, but ends with her and Henry's wedding. Uh, from the tape, Henry says to put a jacket on and come have breakfast when she is ready. Lucy then sees that she is on Henry's boat, which finally made it to Alaska. She goes up on deck and meets Marlon, Henry, and their young daughter, Nicole. Also a classic uh, Sandler movie trope is just like cutting to, okay, now we have children. <laughs> or like, now it's yeah. like years later or whatever. <laughs> I don't dislike it. I no, like it. It's like it's the good. big daddy ending, you know? Yeah. It's cool. Uh, I mean, it's, or like uh, the Happy Gilmore ending or like any of the endings. It's like a big pullout, big like uh, helicopter shot, crane shot out. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And of course, there's always a, so a one character always hallucinates an alligator and uh, the ghost of Chubbs. Of course. Waving at them. In every the sky. Film. Yeah. So, Jeremy, what do you think of uh, 50 First Kisses? 50 First Kisses, I, gosh, man. I, you know what? I'm going to have to, I'm going to say it. It's a nostalgia pick for me, you know? Mm. I have a lot of nostalgia <clears throat> for this movie. Uh, I recognize that it may not be the funniest Sandler. I think I laughed out loud more in anger management than I did in this movie, but... I'm going to have to give it a 2.75. 2.75. 2.75. Yes. That is the good. Yeah. It's the Big Daddy score. It's the New York, New York score. It's the Alice doesn't live here anymore score. That is, uh, yeah, it's not quite a Hubie Halloween. You know, it's not quite a three and not quite a a wedding singer. Um, But I do like it a lot. And uh, it reminds me of a time in my life that I've missed very much, which is sort of that those like last two years of high school, you know, when you could drive and go to see movies on your own with your friends, not having to get dropped mm. off anywhere. Um, let's see here. So I uh, I still don't have much of a reference for what I've. I haven't gone back and uh, you know. I wish I kept a the, tally of uh, your scores as well. Yeah, um, I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll figure it out. But uh, let's see. It looks like I did give Going Overboard a one out of four, which still seems <laughs> that's that's right. Great. We both did. Uh, I gave Airport Airheads a three point two five. That's, Which I think I might have lowered to a you three did at lower, one point. You did lower it, yeah. You, I think you lowered it to a zero. Although Pizza Party Queen has been sending some pretty threatening, uh, uh, you know, not outright threats, but I can feel like a threatening tone in their uh, in their in their right. tweets <laughs> regarding right. our air, low airhead scores. Wait, so I, I think a, I, I gave it a two, which I think gave it I a one point seven five. Okay, I raised mine from a 1.75 to a 2. So I, I gave it. it a 2. Pizza Party Queen, you tell me if that's too low still. Because I, I think a 2 is pretty good. It's I, I like it. I mean, it, it got a higher score than uh, Boxcar Bertha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep mine right there at 3.25. For Airheads? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's way high. That's so yeah, high. high. Uh bulletproof Ugh! remember that movie that movie got a 1.25 tried to forget (laughs) uh i did the piano thing the head against the piano right after that movie yeah uh 50 first dates jeremy this is a movie that uh i'm not gonna lie i i i I think it's just okay i think it's fine i think it's an okay uh romantic comedy i kind of like the premise uh it's it's not Difficult for me to suspend my dis- disbelief for it, but it is, uh, it's just like not really my 
kind of thing. I don't know. Like yeah. we're we're kind of getting into like r- just straight up rom com territory here right. pretty soon. Uh, and by pretty soon, I mean next episode, <laughs> uh, next Sandler episode. Yeah. And uh, it's just it's just not necessarily my thing. But I I do recognize that this is an okay movie. Uh, I'm going to get. I'm giving it a two out of four. Nice. It's not very high, but uh, no, it's dead in the I middle. Well, let me ask you this: Do you like it? You you clearly like Wedding Singer better, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I think I I will say this: Wedding Singer, I think, is a better movie, and that's why it, it, I gave it a three out of four, and this a two point seven five out of four. It's a better movie. There's just no rapping grannies in this one. There's no the rapping problem. grannies. That's the problem. There needs to be a, at least one rapping granny to get it that 0.25 <laughs> up. Uh, which is why Scorsese will never get a four out of four. <laughs> yeah. That's why every Scorsese movie can literally go jump off a cliff because there's no <laughs> rapping grannies. I mean, I haven't seen Coon Dune yet, but I, I almost guarantee there's no rapping granny. Yeah. Same, but for uh, Hugo. Hugo or Age of Innocence, our next source <laughs> Scorsese movie. <laughs> well, Jeremy, next week we are we're gonna take a little detour. I think we start with licorice pizza. I think we do a licorice pizza episode. You don't want to do start a, with uh, French Dispatch? That one came out first. Well, here's the thing. I'm seeing uh licorice pizza uh, oh, this got weekend. It. Got it, got and it. And I, I have a digital copy of French Dispatch. Oh, fancy. So it will be a uh, uh, fresh licorice pizza will be more fresh in my mind and then okay. I can, you know. Let's watch do French let's Dispatch let's right do licorice. I'm excited to talk about it with you. My guy, I've been waiting to talk to you about this film since I saw it. Uh so I I I'm get out there. Just brave Omicron. Get see him <laughs> see that movie. Oh man. So Jeremy, uh thanks for, you know, Wait, why am I thanking you? Yeah, thank you. Thank w- you're welcome. <laughs> Listeners, uh, you know, thanks for listening. Uh, it, it's going to be a great year, 2022. It's going to be a good time. If you have not done so, please give us a uh, a review on. Oh yeah, I think it's called Apple Podcasts now. iTunes like doesn't even exist anymore. No, iTunes is a they 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 got rid of all of their. I feel like they're trying to slowly get away from all of their i nomenclature, unless it's iPhone. Right. But yeah, it's just Apple Podcasts now. Yes, and we are now called iMarty. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, yeah, rate, rate, and review us on there, and uh, I don't know, continue, continue listening, and and tweet at us at Hubie Halloween One if you have any uh, questions or concerns, or if you just want to follow some of that juicy, juicy content and get, yes. get the show updates and all that stuff. Yes. Uh, we're having fun over there and patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy for all your supplemental content needs. And Norma, I'll see you in my dreams. Mm-hmm.